1: Learn more at marines.com
0: After a succession of one-sided matches to open the tournament, a full house at a Sunkist Oval which is the game of the World Cup so far. Bangladesh beating South Africa by 21 runs. It was an inspired performance from Bangladesh who hit 330 for 6 and then restricted their opponent to 309 for 8 in reply, inflicting a second defeat of the tournament on South Africa. With India up next, du Plessis' injury hit side are already facing an uphill task to qualify for the semi-finals. Welcome to the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travelbag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host, Joe Harmon. Uh, with me is Phil Walker, Editor-in-Chief of Wisden Cricket Monthly who's hot-footed it over to my place after watching events unfold at the Oval. Phil, welcome.
1: Yeah, hello again, Joe. <laughs> uh,
0: a little later in the show, we'll be hearing from South African cricket writer Daniel Gallon on where the Proteas go next. But first off, let's focus on what was another special day for Bangladesh in, in World Cup history.
1: Yeah, it was a, a landmark day for them, really. As you say, the highest highest score they've ever put on in a World Cup, and they defended it, um, I was going to say, tigerishly there. Thankfully, so I, I didn't. No, had that Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully I so had not, to, d- not to go. It's yeah, good. I... I I managed to hold that one back. But they fielded really, really well. They, they, they held their nerve with the ball. It was at one point, with about 15 overs to go, I think it was 49-51 on the Crickviz predictor scale. And so it really was a classic old arse snipper of a game. Uh, but Bangladesh held, held it together and deservedly um, are on the board. It was uh, notable that Ian Bishop said as the match was reaching its climax and
0: it became clear that Bangladesh were going to win that this shouldn't be regarded as an upset. And and when you look, I mean, Bangladesh's uh, formidable record at home is is, is known by all, but... And they're considered not so strong away from home. But actually, when I mean, we had a semi-finals at the 2017 Champions Trophy, quarter finals at the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, this is more than a side that
1: can play in home conditions where it's turning now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that, as you mentioned, in the Champions Trophy. Um, you know, Mamadoula made a brilliant hundred against New Zealand in that game that they won. And they, they won it in a mature and feisty way back then. That was two years ago. Uh, they're, they're now a, a long-established and well-established um, major nation, right in the heart of, of international cricket, uh, especially in the fifty-over format. Um, and we saw it today, really. And yeah, Bishop Bish is absolutely right. We shouldn't be surprised by it. Um, th- there is still, though, that, that kind of murmur around certain players, that, and, and there is a, a, still a kind of first-world snobbery still towards them slightly. Mm. I saw a, I saw a, mess, a tweet. From from somebody who picked up on a on a line that Mark Nicholas said innocently enough at, at halftime, he said, "Well, many will be surprised to, have, to see Shaqib at the top of the all-rounders rankings." And the, and this fella, has been there for on yonks. Twitter said he's, he's he's been in the top three for ten years <laughs> yeah. since January two thousand and nine, yeah, yeah. and he's been number one for for a number of years as well. So and we'll come to Shaqib in a minute because he had his own landmark, and it was no. I guess suitable that. Um, it, it played out for him as their, their kingpin player um, on a day where, where Bangladesh have made a big statement on this tournament. Uh, as we do on each show, Phil, I'm going to ask you for your moment of the day that kind of summed up today for you. Well, it actually came in the second innings. It came during the the run chase um, when, as I say, it was getting very tight and it was hard to call. I, st- I still had Bangladesh um, because chasing 330 plus down, it doesn't matter how flat the track, how how much depth you have, it's a tough chase. And we saw that on Thursday with South Africa yeah, against England. Exactly. Yeah. Scoreboard pressure plays a big part and will do throughout this tournament. So my moment uh, was, was Saifuddin, the seamer, who is a kind of work-a-day kind of seamer. You know, he's medium fast, nothing much much more than that. He's not especially imposing, but he bowled really well today. He's a bustler of a medium pacer. He took two good wickets, and crucially, he got rid of van der Dusen, who had uh, just pumped him over mid-wicket for six and was looking like uh, he fancied the challenge. Van der Dusen, of course, he's only played for five minutes, but he's averaging 85, 90 or mm. something obscene and bloated in ODI cricket. Uh, Suddenly become very important to them, hasn't he? Yeah, it? indeed. And and Dini kind of held it together um, and it was it was an innocuous delivery, really. It was straight up and down. Uh, but it managed to just squeak through. Um, took his took his middle stump out, and uh, and that was that. Really, that was that, the, that was the that moment. Was a decisive moment. Wasn't you it? could pick one or two others in that innings as well. Um, Shaqib, as we mentioned, you know, key moment today for him, moving to his own landmark of five thousand runs and two hundred and fifty wickets. And the two hundred and fiftieth was to clean up Markram, who'd played nicely for forty four. I think he I think he made, and again. South Africa had gone, gone well early on. They were 90-odd for one inside the first 20, um, and that was, a, that was a crucial moment, really. Uh, and it really set the tone for what was to come. The bit that surprised me about Bangladesh, and, and pleasingly so, was uh, when they were
0: batting, because they got off to a great start, they were looking like they should be on for 340, 350. And then Tahir took a couple of wickets, really turned the screw in those middle overs. And where Bangladesh have really suffered uh, is at the death. They're hitting at the death. I think only Sri Lanka score at a slow run rate in the last 10 overs. Is that right? Uh, since the last World Cup. So it, it really it felt like they were kind of grinding to a halt. And then you thought oh, 270, 280, South Africa will chase that down. But then they hit uh, 59, I think it was, off the last five overs. It Mamad- was 54 from four. 54 from four. Okay, so even better off that last four. Mamadullah, 46 not out from 33 balls, and really took them to a total that you thought this is a kind of a, a maybe win to a to a probably win.
1: Yeah, and you saw that when Faf walked off as well. You know, his head was bowed, and I think he knew that they were twenty. 20 they'd let twenty go there uh, from the South African point of view, but. Um, I like the order. I like I like the way that they've positioned their their key men. Sumya three. You're a fan of Shakib. Shakib makes sense at number three, and increasingly, you're seeing this, aren't you? You're seeing, you know, Joe Root bedding down at three, anchoring an in innings. Um, there's m- been many changes in ODI cricket, but that's a constant that the number three tends to be the player around whom the stroke makers congeal, and Shakib is a perfect foil for those, you know, and he's obviously as old as the hills as well, you know, seventy five uh in from 84 balls today which in the context of their innings when others are playing more expansively around him is perfect one i'd like to mention is sumya saka who i've mentioned on this show before i saw him get a stunning hundred in new zealand in a test match got 147 i think it was quickly and elegantly and he's he's a he's a left-hander to die for really and he made 42 in 30 balls this, um, this morning alongside Tamim, of course, who is, you know, their, their established star player. Uh, and then Mamadullah comes in at six. Now, Mamadullah's record in England in particular is brilliant. I um, mean, his record in big tournaments is good as well for Bangladesh. He came in at six, 46 from 33, and took it away from them, really, alongside Mossadegh, who played... One of the one of the finest shots of the tournament so far, absolutely clattered a back foot cover drive yeah, yeah. Uh, through extra cover. Do you remember yeah, it? No, and, so. and it yeah. was bullet like. Yeah. And the man was no more than seven or eight feet, well, seven or eight yards away. Just didn't even bother moving. It was incredible. Uh, on on the notion of consistency through their innings, I heard a stat from 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 the great Andy Zaltzman how he how he unearthed these things. God only knows, but. This was the first World Cup game in history where both teams' top sixes made at least 15 runs.
0: (laughs) <laughs> how does how just can ma- you find he that he could out? just make this stuff up couldn't yeah. he and then we we just repeat and then it becomes fact not that Andy would do that of, of course, course not how do you do that though how do you look that up that's we've got to get I, Andy I, I on the show and find ask out. I am going to find out I, I like the idea of him kind of just scanning through every scorecard in the history of ODI cricket I presume there is a more efficient
1: <laughs> way than that um, but, well, we, but we, who we, knows? we'll have to find out friend of the show all of that um,
0: um, also we should we should mention Mushfaka Rahim here as yeah, well who, who had the, the, the mighty atom the century stand with Shakib I think it was the highest partnership for Bangladesh in world cups um and there was when him and shakib were at the crease together they've both done this many times before there was a they were playing their shots they were scoring quickly but there was an element of control to it um that really struck me that we wouldn't have seen from bangladesh sides of old that they knew exactly what they're doing it seemed they had a target in mind then of course they both got out in quite quick succession which is when i feared for them but then again they came with Mamadullah at the end and uh, yeah and, and just showed what what a complete Team they are now, or and, and an way. experienced
1: team. You know, they've been round the block now. Tamim bats, opens the batting. Shepperki bats three, and Mushfikur bats four. They, they must have a thousand ODIs between them, or certainly getting up to eight hundred ODIs and, between. and those Even three the kids players. have played a lot as well. I mean, it struck me where Phil and I
0: are putting together a, the best youngsters in the world for the next issue of Wisden Cricket Monthly, and and uh, Bangladesh have got three in their eleven. In yep. Mustafizur, Mahedi. Uh, and Mozadek. yeah, uh, no other side in the World Cup would have that many i don 't think england don 't have any for instance mm-hmm. Joffre archer is their, mm-hmm. their youngest player and doesn 't qualify uh in our in our rules for the best young player yep. in the world because he 's twenty four um so th- these guys are young, but they 've also got a load of under o d i caps in the belt so anyway, we've we 've hyped them up uh if they weren 't already are they genuine semi final contenders i think I think they are
1: the outside hit for that fourth spot i th- I would say um There's always a team that that bolts from somewhere and there's always a team that that tanks in in a World Cup. South Africa have put their hand up for the latter.
0: Impressively so. Yeah,
1: and Bangladesh have the right kind of combination to make a a run for that fourth spot. What I would say, while Mstifasar, Rahman, or the fizz to you and I, uh, he was excellent today and it's really good to see the bloke back. He's only, I think, 22 still. Still a kid, really, in, in international cricket. But if you recall, two years ago, he came over here with a big reputation and had a stinker of a Champions Trophy. He took one wicket for 180 Is in the right? Champions I, Trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he took three for 60-odd today and bowled well and he bowled sharp, 86, 87. The cutters were in there as well. So he can be a spearhead for this team. They in need the way that. that they, exactly. They didn't, yeah. they didn't have that last time round. Um, okay, they have a couple of you know good time fellas who are bowling medium pace you know in as I, as i mentioned uh, Safuddin but also obviously the skipper as well Mortaza who you know his first 3 overs went for 30 odds so i mean you would say they're lacking a couple of really good support seamers um but yeah you know, they have quality spinners of course Mahedi was class today and and Shakib obviously took that key wicket of Markram on Shakib, right, mm-hmm. so he became today comfortably the fastest bowl, uh, cricketer, all-rounder, to 5,000 ODI runs, 250 ODI wickets, okay, okay yeah. he did it in 199 games. Which is 50, let me do my maths, 59 games faster than the next. I've got the list here, the top five. We shouldn't be surprised to see him at the number one in the ODI rankings. No, no, no indeed. With like, with those stats. Indeed. Um, although, of course, Elvis, Mark Elvis Nicholas was surprised this, this last time. Are you going anyway. to test me? Yeah, yeah come on okay. then. So, what have you got? So, 250 wickets, 5,000 runs. Uh, he's top of the tree. Who's yeah. underneath him would you go for? Uh, Jack Callis? Callis is in there. He's fourth. He's fourth in line. 296 games it took him. Okay. Uh, uh, Afridi? He must be. He's played loads. Afridi is third in your list. 273. I tell you what, I don't think you're going to get number two. Uh, Do you have any other guesses? I have one in mind. Go on. And I remember this from another... It's not the same stat, but I remember this from another stat in that he's taken more wickets than you thought. And that was going to be Carl Hooper. He's not in the top five. Oh, okay. I am going to tell you, number two is Abdul Razak. <laughs> Abdul Razak, two hundred and fifty-eight games to get five thousand ODI runs and two hundred and fifty ODI. ODI scoring that many runs, no, but he was a gun player for a few years, yeah. wasn't he? And, and in at five, Sanath Jayasuriya. Of now, course, of course, Hooper might, Hooper might be number six. Who can say? But I, <laughs> my research doesn't go back that far. So it's been a day of, of landmarks for Bangladesh. You know, three three thirty for six is their highest ever uh, ODI total. Um, as I say, Shaqib, far and away the most impressive all round, all rounder in ODI history. Uh, it's been a glorious day for them, um, but for every every winner, you've got to have a miserable loser, and it was it's been hard watching. For South Africans. yeah. That takes us on to
0: uh, your chat with Daniel Gallon, South African cricket writer, um, just after immediately after stumps was it you spoke to him? Got yeah, him five
1: five minutes after um, he had he had a face like thunder, and and he's one of these. Uh, young young journalist who's who's still a fan as well as a writer the defeats hit him hard yeah and, and you could sense it as well i was sitting behind him in the press box and i was seeing him throw his hat in the air and all sorts and and yeah this is what he had to say uh okay i'm here with a probably pretty crestfallen daniel gallan uh, south african cricket writer who's just now witnessed two defeats in what four days yeah, that's right. so norton two for south africa yeah. Uh, And they've got India next on Wednesday. Right. We're five minutes out from from this defeat against Bangladesh. You can still hear the Bangladeshi fans outside jumping for joy at the Oval. Uh, Where does this leave your side, Dan?
2: Hanging by a thread. Um, Yeah, this has not gone according to plan. I think England was expected. Number one side in the world. Arguably one of the best ODI sides in history, maybe, potentially this this was not expected um i think anything other than a resounding victory wouldn't have been acceptable even even a scraping over the line wouldn't have probably been acceptable for 52 plus c so yeah i think this leaves them uh, having to look in the mirror a lot of soul searching a lot of lot of quiet nights tonight i think um yeah they, they're hanging by a thread is there realistically a way back for them now i mean if they
1: if they face india on wednesday and that one doesn't go their way then they are mm. going to have to win six in a row
2: well exactly and and you know some of the chat in the, in the press box was, you know, referencing Australia 99, how they lost a few of their games and they came back. But they had Shane Warne, who was yet to explode. And also they had a bit of a plan B, uh, opening with Glenn McGrath rather than bowling first change. I just look at the side and they just don't look like they have a plan B. Plan A ahead of this tournament was, all oh, we're going to open with ngidi and Rabada, talked up as one of the most menacing opening attacks in the world. And yet, I think we waited six overs or five overs for the first bouncer against a side that is notoriously weak against the short ball. So if, they, if they're if they going to espouse this plan A and not even enact on it, I kind of don't know where they go. They, they, they look like... A, I don't really know what South Africa are. I can mm. look at England and say, okay, this is how they look to win cricket matches. I can look to Australia. I can look to India. I can look to... I can even look at Bangladesh. They look to strangle you in the middle overs with some nibbly bowlers. I, I just don't know what South Africa are. I don't know what cricket team they are. Are they...
1: Uh, covering up though for fundamentally a lack of quality through the eleven. Mm. There's obviously some world class players in there with from Tikok right. to Duplucy to Amlet, Of course, he didn't play today, but right. Are they having to manage mm. a rather threadbare squad in terms of depth, at least?
2: That's right. I, I once asked a football manager what makes a great football manager. He said, well, the best thing is just having good players. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, you, you know, you mentioned Duplessis and you mentioned Amla, but are they world-class? Dukovic, unquestionably world-class. Rabada, unquestionably world-class. The rest, they okay, they good. Fafnadirson is is I think batting above his station. Everyone else is performing below par. Peck I, I, I would say Peck Laquai, Imran Tahir, and Rusty Fafnadirson can probably hold their head, head up today. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else was below par. I mean, Quinton was unlucky. Aiden Marker and you know sold him down the river with that one. But and that was a key moment. And that was a key moment because if anyone was going to chase the target down, it's going to be Quinton de Kock. You're right. It's it's a, it's just not a very good cricket team. I'm I, I, I'm, I'm sounding a bit abject because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to process this. So I'm probably being a bit harsh. But, but but they were number one in the world not too long ago. You know. Mm-hmm. They're number three in the world currently now.
1: Mm. Uh, they're a very difficult team to beat in, in one-day cricket over the mm. last couple of years. Mm. Um, so what's going wrong here? And is it something to do with that middle order? You, you mentioned those names, but I heard a stat just now. Number six to nine, their average is, is combined 18 over the last two or three years. Mm. And and while there is some world-class players here and there, it mm. seems like that engine room is really struggling, and that average of 18 is the lowest amongst the, the major nations. And so, and so is there something going on here that, that they maybe don't quite have the right
2: personnel in the right places? You, you mean in this team, in the batting lineup? I, I don't know, because we... we... Rusty Funderdissen kind of seems to have, have filled that spot. But I look at J.P. Dumini and I don't think he middled one today. And I, I don't think J.P. Dumini has middled one in the last several years in a Proteus shirt. And I'm, I'm a big fan of him. That 166 he, gone, he got against Australia remains... No, was 10 years ago. was 10 years ago and remains one of my favourite uh, yeah. moments uh, for the Proteus. But yeah, he, he is a bit of a passenger. But I don't know, looking at domestic cricket, I just, it's not like there's anyone who can feel hard done by for not being here. I think this is the best available squad for whatever reason, I just don't think that it's working. And, and, and as you say, it just comes back to the quality of the players. I, I don't but think if- cr- cr- Chris Morris then, right? So right. Chris Morris is a, is a frustrating
1: cricketer. Yeah, very much Chris so. Chris Morris has earned a lot of money in the IPL. He's yeah. had moments when he's looked like a top class, or not mm. top class necessarily, but a, certainly a very serviceable international cricketer. He's had days out for mm. South Africa. Mm. But those are too few and far between. And he must be an enormous frustration for South African fans because you can see the, the boy can bowl in the late 80s, he can hit a long ball. And yet when push came to shove today, he shoveled a, a juicy full sauce straight down mid-wicket's throat. And it's, it's, that's the, the more kind of recognisable story
2: about his cricket. I think today summed up exactly what Chris Morris is about Because I like, I like him as a guy I've interviewed him And I think he's a, a lovely human being But unfortunately that doesn't win cricket matches Otherwise, you know I think we'd be playing summed him up Got a, got a wicket with a bouncer You know, albeit it kind of stuck a little bit But it was still up around the throats And it was uncomfortable yep. But then too many balls in the slot That your batsman just kind of stepped back into Deep into the crease And hit him through the covers And you wonder, well When is he going to adjust his length? Three fours later He still hasn't adjusted his length mm-hmm. Batting today, creams one through the covers. Hits another one, and then and then, as you say, just spoons spoons the simplest of catches. He's he's kind of painted as this X factor player, as if this somehow means something. But but for me, David Warren is an X factor player. Yep. Andre Russell is an X factor player. Ben Stokes is an X factor player. An X factor player is not someone who has the potential to be exciting, but someone who is exciting and also backs it up with stats. And you look at Morris's numbers, and and he just gets in the side because we think that. Well, what if it's next game? And I just, I just wonder why. I mean, I, I was happy to see Morris play over Pretorius because I think Morris has a bit of extra zip that, that Pretorius doesn't. We saw how Pretorius was quite nibbly against England. Yep. But that was only going to work if Morris was going to come out and be a strike bowler like, like they were saying they were going to use him. But yeah, Alright, so yeah. What, what happens next then? India on Wednesday, mm. changes in personnel. Is Steyn going to be fit? They hope so. Ngidi going off with a hamstring injury is a big if Ngidi doesn't play, I think I think we're done. I mean I, I probably had us at only about twenty percent anyway. And and it's just because of the batsman and our inability to play spin. The last time we played in India their, their their two wrist spinners just completely decimated us. This yeah. this exact lineup. Yeah. So I mean we were we were almost no hopers at, at the best of times. Um, where does it where does this leave South Africa? I don't know. I, I on a, and that and that's I think that's the frustrating thing. I just don't know how I would change it to make yeah. it better. Amla Wednesday. Um, he was in contention today. I don't think he was ruled out for health reasons. I think right. Well, at least that was the message from the camp. Okay. But I, I think they figured they could do without him today. Um, but he wasn't exactly. Ter- yeah, I know if he going first- to be trial by spin on Wednesday though.
1: then. then- Hamler needs to play, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is one of the better players of spin. I mean, and, and, and his, his pedigree speaks for itself. If he's fit, he plays. With these head injuries, you know, they can only be like yeah. two or three days later before you really know what's up. But Indeed. I saw him running drinks, so he was obviously fit enough to, yep. to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. Briefly, a word on Bangladesh, um, mm. who were
1: impressive, really, especially yeah. with the back, brilliant intensity from start to finish.
2: Very good. And I think that was probably the best I've seen Bangladesh field. I know that they outfielded South Africa which is you know unthinkable South Africa and Bangladesh mm-hmm. they just seem to they, they kind of operated this like really frantic energy all the time with bat and ball and in the field and they're kind of always chattering and they kind of they mirror their crowd you know it's this like kind of high edge of your seat intensity and yep. You know they always they always like kind of throbbing at this at this frequency and yeah I'm very impressed with them loved their fans I thought that I thought they were great value they they are battered bold and are fearless South Africa good value for the win well.
0: A fairly grim assessment from from Dan there. Uh, I hope for his sake South Africa get some wins. Cause I'm a little, <laughs> little bit worried about him, but um, I think he'll be okay. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Um, anyway, I haven't done my moment of the day. I know you're anxious to to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Off. Fire away, Joe. Uh Dan touched on it there, but it was it wasn't uh hamstring injury today. Hobbled off after four overs. Uh, it meant South Africa didn't have their their death bowler obviously impacted on today, but it's more how it would impact on on the rest of the tournament. I mean, yeah. we talked about South Africa at the start and their strengths, and their pace bowling was their obvious strength. But now we're in a position where Stain is not yet fit to play, might be in the week, but we don't know. Ingidi could possibly be out for the next couple. I mean, Duplessis said days or weeks afterwards, so we don't yeah. know their Rabada is not at his best I'm not saying he's boning badly but he's not at his best and we've now and and, uh, he looks
1: oddly meek and a bit detached I thought that as well
0: and then we've got um, Anric Nautja who couldn't even make the squad after he was picked because he was out injured and he was their their rapid kind of their wild card, if you like. Yeah. So now we're in a situation where Chris Morris, who wasn't even in the squad initially, is now kind of leading the attack with Rabada, and that—that's not a great position to be in for a side that had aspirations of a semi-final place or, or beyond. Uh, so yeah, it was a moment of the day which could have kind of wider implications
1: for the tournament. Yeah, I think. and and as, and as Dan said on, on that on that clip, you know, without Ungedy, he thinks that they're done on Wednesday against India. Um, it remains to be seen. Uh, it's good though that the tournaments at least had a we a needed it, we? one. Yeah. We needed it.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, also, just before we wrap up, regular listeners of the show would have uh, noted Phil's absence last night, leaving me to do the night shift with, uh, with Sam Perry. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Phil... Uh, still coming to terms with a day of mixed emotions T- tell us tell us about <laughs> your day briefly I would add briefly. yeah
1: alright well the, the only news anyone needs to know is I played my first game of the season um, in my lucky Australia cap so I have this baggy green cap given to me when I was at the Sydney test match in the press yeah, box yeah I've, I've seen yeah, it yeah. with the same number as Bill Woodfall On the back, um, and whenever I bat in it, I get runs. And lo and behold, I got a few yesterday, Joe. Thank you very much for asking. How many? How many? Sixty-one. I got sixty-one. Saw us home, twenty odd shy. Obviously, gave it away. True to form, but did allow me to get showered and changed, so I could leave to go and see Spurs win (laughs) three-two. In the glorious comeback, in the worst football final that's ever happened. Appalling. From a new. Oh, it's really bad, wasn't it? Appalling. The only benefit to watching such a bad game is that I didn't really care at the end um, seeing my team uh, just drift away on the vine. We'll never see them in there again, um, but that's that's life and that's football. And that's
0: probably just about enough football
1: for a cricket <laughs> podcast
0: during a World Cup. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with not one, but two podcasts. Uh, we'll have the next episode of our daily show. That's just excessive, isn't <laughs> it? Possibly. <laughs> you tell the bosses uh, with all the reaction to England's match against Pakistan at Trent Bridge and also uh, the Wisden Extra podcast a bumper show reflecting on what we've seen so far in the tournament and looking forward to the next week of action South African journalist Neil Manthorpe will be joining us for that one no, no doubt he'll have some strong words for yeah, what no he's doubt. seen from his team so far uh, this has been the Wisden Cricket Daily podcast in partnership with Travel Bag creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979 And don't forget to subscribe on the podcast app or Spotify. Now,
1: about that 61 again, Joe.
0: Podcast Network.